1: Hey guys,
2: just a heads up, uh, we kind of recorded this on the fly. On my end of the recording, it sounded like Adam was a little jumpy. Uh, so just pretend that he's doing his best impression of but b- 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 Billy throughout this entire episode <laughs> and uh, you'll enjoy it perfectly fine. <laughs> 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 Guys, you might notice that you've gotten yet another episode in your feed already. We've never done this before, but we're giving it our best shot. We're going to do a in theaters now edition of Horror Movie Night. So the way that we're going to do this is that we're going to have a quick 20 minute spoiler free conversation uh, with all of our thoughts. And then we will give you multiple, multiple warnings, like multiple warnings to stop listening if you haven't seen the movie yet and then we're going to just spoil the shit out of it because I don't foresee there being a horror movie that's going to top this movie this year. It's the most anticipated horror movie of the year, and it's lived up to all of its hype, which is fucking unheard of in this genre. So we're talking about it. Uh, It's me, it's Adam, and we've got a guest, a good friend of ours who you probably know if you're in the Facebook group, Katie. So the four of us are going to geek the fuck out right now about how good Stephen King's it is. But if you're going to stop listening to this episode right now for any reason, because you don't want any type of spoiler, even the spoiler-free discussion, just know that the movie's great and you need to see it. All right, guys, you ready? Let's talk about this.
3: So
4: we're the Losers Club.
2: We are absolutely <laughs> the Losers Club.
3: I just want you guys to know that whenever I was hanging out with you, I did still feel like a total fucking loser.
2: We have guess. been the Losers Club for uh, 109 episodes now. <laughs> well, I mean,
4: now we're officially because we have a girl in it.
2: Well, I want to do this <laughs> first sort
3: of table So um, if we want to sort of just line up, Scott, so, um, if you want to start us off with your, your thoughts and if yeah. you would recommend, I guess.
4: Okay. So <clears throat> absolutely would recommend to everyone. I already have on my Facebook. And um, so I'll try and keep this as short as possible, but it's going to be difficult because there's so much to unpack with this film. So before we, before I give my thoughts on the film, um, I am a pretty big Stephen King fan, like the actual work, like in, I've mentioned it before, but I'll say it here. Um, I have read pretty much everything he wrote from the seventies up through the nineties. I pretty much kind of like by the end of high school was not really, reading Stephen King anymore well I really wasn't read. I didn't have time for for like 1300 page novels anymore so I uh I kind of like petered off there right around like the regulators and desperation and stuff like that so like 1998-99 something like I can't quite remember but um I read it when I was in junior high and um man the book is great uh the the, the as as a huge, I mean, I feel like a pretty big Stephen King fan. Um, it's definitely in my top five. Um, I th- I would love to reread it, uh, just due to the fact that it's been like twenty years since I've read it. Um, and and the problem being is that it's so long that uh, of a book that it's it's hard for me to to pick it as my number one. Although it's arguably everyone's favorite, so that's kind of a big reason why this was such a Uh, a a hyped film so um, about the film um, I think it is a perfect horror movie it is like um, I have no no qualms with it we watch a lot of garbage on this show but I also talk about a lot of stuff that I like when we do our what did we watch Um, I have no criticisms about this film I think that first of all the 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 pacing is beautiful. Like first of all, the movie works and looks beautiful, but the pacing is also beautiful because you get exposition without much actual exposition scenes where they're sitting down talking. I think the one scene after their after they went swimming in the quarry uh, is pretty much the only true exposition scene, which is amazing because you get all the information you need without clunky dialogue although there's tons of dialogue and there's character development and things like that but the movie just rules like it's fast it just the as soon as you're getting over being scared it's also incredibly scary i'm 35 and this movie scared the shit out of me um so it's the pacing is great where it just lets you catch your breath for a second and there might be a couple laughs it's also very funny um but then it goes right to the next scare and i feel like it, it having seven kids in the losers club Is a lot of space to fill In a two hour movie to show Each one of them being terrorized in a different way By Pennywise So um, they did a great job with that I don't really feel like any kid got left out um, As far as backstory goes I feel like Bev gets a pretty big Amount of screen time But it's also because it's kind of integral To the story um, And also she's like an outsider In the outsiders Um, Also I I think that they did a great job Kind of pointing out the human horror of the book which they absolutely were terrible at in the miniseries and we don't even need to talk too much about the miniseries but um, as far as the book and the movie are concerned I think that they did a great job of explaining those things without making it uh, it make me it made me squirm a lot like Bev's dad but um, not to the point where it was too much Uh, I think that that's that was a great subtle thing about it so that's all i have to say about it fantastic movie i would tell anybody to watch it and is super scary and i'm an adult I right,
3: perfect ady hey, do you want to go next
1: yeah sure um so as i mentioned earlier i've already seen it twice so i obviously really liked it the first time um going into it I've heard, I heard both bad and good reviews about it, so I kind of just went in wanting my own opinion about it, um, and I was honestly pretty blown away by it, and very happy with the delivery of every scene, um, full of, like, actual terror, not just jump scares and everything like that, so it's something I definitely even maybe had a nightmare last night about it, um, so it I really enjoyed it. I really liked all the acting too. It was really nice seeing the kid from Stranger Things being in it as well with I I loved all of his jokes and everything. Just even like you were kind of saying uh that just kind of like just like human terror kind of in it as well is definitely hit me kind of close and I don't really normally get scared in movies at all, but I definitely was super terrified um from this movie walking out of it um last night at like midnight and at like one o'clock this uh like noon noon or one o'clock today I was still scared seeing it for a second time so I definitely really enjoyed it and um I can't wait to get to the spoiler part of this so I can talk more about it but yeah I definitely really enjoyed it I definitely do suggest other people going to see it because it was really 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 good and even just the children like the children actors were just amazing and Um, I just really enjoyed seeing them and their, uh, characters come to play. And I think they all played their, each characters perfectly. And I definitely couldn't have, couldn't have asked for more.
2: All right. Perfect. Matthew, you want to go? Okay. So, um, I have always been a fan of the miniseries. It seems like in the last couple of years, it's kind of been like the cool thing to shit on. And it's, I mean, it's as good as a TV miniseries of this book could ever possibly be. Um, so when they talked about them remaking it, I kind of was hopeful because I knew that there was a lot of stuff missing and I read the book for the first time after that and was blown away by the book. Uh, there were certain scenes that I knew weren't going to make it in either adaptation uh, for good yeah. reasons. Um, but this movie, uh, Scott really stepped on, uh, It really talked about like how it's scary and it's funny, but it's also weirdly heartwarming. And I think that that's the thing that I left that theater really feeling like it captured authentic adolescent friendship in a way that Stephen King's always been good at writing about, but not a lot of film adaptations have been good at capturing. The only one that I think ever came close was like a stand by me. Uh, so I saw this with my brother cause he's in town. So I saw this with B Kelly and, uh, there's just, he pointed out that like there were moments that he kept thinking of monster squad while watching this movie, specifically with the character of Eddie. He felt like Eddie just the way that Eddie talked and would ramble and yell reminded him of the, the frantic screaming in movies like monster squad. And it's, it's such a throwback to 80 cinema. It's just a good, good movie. I, I I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this movie. Like Everyone had raved about it. And I had the worst theatric experience I've ever had in my entire life watching this movie. Um, just a ton of children in the theater. Uh, people laughing at the absolute inappropriate points to laugh. One of the amps was blown in the theater, so I didn't hear any of the music throughout the entire two hours. Um, which was really weird reading about all these great like 80 songs that appeared in the movie and I didn't hear a single one of them um and that still didn't change the enjoyment of the movie like it the theatric experience the movie was so good that the shitty theatric experience couldn't fuck it up for me which is impressive um i might see it again just to try to see the movie in its entirety uh all all speakers uh on hands but that's all i've got for now i'm ready to talk about spoilers once adam lays down what he has to say
3: all right so essentially um i thought it was maybe the best horror movie that i've seen within the last decade which is saying a lot because the la- like anything that i would have seen previous to that last decade i would have been in my teens um so it's hard to give a proper review of something that you saw at a certain age like that right um but as far as any movie that i've seen in my adulthood for the last 10 years it's been bar none maybe the best horror movie experience that i've ever seen that I've had in my adulthood. Um, A lot of the child acting was great and and on point, and I never really questioned, there there was times where the the child actors were, were putting themselves in situations where I just thought, well, why would you be going down there? Why would you be doing that? But I, 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 their, their motive sort of made sense to me. Um, their, their acting was good. The, a lot of the writing was really tight. It was a, a mixture of both the acting, the special effects, and um, just the way that they shot Pennywise. Alexander Skarsgård did a fucking phenomenal job of bringing that character to life on screen. Um, and and I, I don't think that... Uh, and Tim Tim Curry's version of it is is very much so um, messing in a way. This character was was absolutely fucking atrociously terrifying. Like I would never want to ever have to come in contact with this being. Um, and and I just you know a lot of what was happening, knowing the background of the book, knowing what was going on within the movie, because I did read some reviews that had several complaints where they quote unquote had plot holes that they were annoyed with. Knowing the background, knowing what happened in the book, knowing what Pennywise is and where that character comes from, everything sort of lined up for me and made a lot of sense. Um, and I was just sh- I was shitting my fucking pants through most of the movie. I had a lot of jumps, but I never felt that they were particularly gratuitous jump scares. I think that um, Pennywise character is the type of character that would want to catch you by surprise and really make you jump back and, and not have a whole lot of sense about you of what's going on so it made sense within the movie that there would be him popping out here popping there as opposed to a ghost movie where it's like well why is the ghost literally waiting for the person to close the mirror in the bathroom so that they can pop up behind them and and the way that they did the jump scares with him appearing out of different materials and and out of different places was was fucking phenomenal so um without we can't really discuss this a whole lot more without jumping into spoilers so let's give everybody a big, wide breadth, a big heads up here that we are now going to be going into spoiler territory on this movie. If you haven't seen it, you've heard it from four different people, uh, several of which have seen it, one of which has seen it multiple times. We've all, we're have all we all very well versed in the subject matter, very well versed in horror movies in general. And we're all telling you that this is worth your money. Go out, see it in a theater, not in Philly, um, any other city. But yeah, any other city, we highly suggest it. If you have a draft house near you, apparently that's fucking phenomenal. So if go do go that. If you have a
1: draft house near you, I would even drive like six hours if I had to, to go see this movie at the draft house. Wait, wait, wait. Mm, hey, you live in Texas, right? I live in Austin.
4: Well, at least you don't live in the in the New England area because I feel like this movie would be even more traumatic if you were living up in fucking new hampshire or maine or or massachusetts just like yeah
3: and if i was in maine like in a heavily wooded maine area right now with a lot of old houses around i'd be packing up to move like i'd be (laughs) on my way out the door anyways so here here is your warning um, we are now going to be getting into spoiler territory. I'm going to give you a countdown and everything because do not blame us if, if we spoil anything of this movie. Um, and if you've read the source material, you kind of know what's going to be going on. But it's it's well worth going in blind to it and showing the experience. So here we go. I'm going to give you a three, two, one. There wasn't any flying leeches eating little boy's penis in this movie. I'm a little bit disappointed about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey
4: so i want to say something which i probably should have said um in the pre-spoiler part but um did any of you guys have like serious anxiety right before uh scars started talking because i was like super worried that it was gonna suck
2: no i it's i'd heard him enough in the one trailer that i watched to have faith in his ability to Uh-oh. do this character but I yeah, was I didn't blown away. for the preview one, I was blown away by how well he played that character. Like, it's, it's so. I
4: I honestly think that this is the way Pennywise should have been from the start. I understand that that like the miniseries is a different beast. It's in itself, and it was t- for TV. But I never. I don't really like Tim Curry in general. I think that he did you know like the devil well in Legend, but I don't really like Rocky Horror Picture Show don't really like anything he's done oh but except- he was in clue
1: i was just about to say that i was like come on come on I,
4: I, well i respect him but <laughs> i just don't i never felt like and adam i think you said something at some point maybe on the group or something about how like his pennywise was never dangerous i never felt like he just pops up and he like spooks you for a second and then he runs away scars guards it is just or his pennywise is just really terrifying like i i was <laughs> i've seen a lot of horror movies i can tell you the last horror movie that even remotely scared me was the conjuring that's because ghost like haunted house movies scare me no horror movie really scares me anymore this movie legitimately scared me and i feel like the jump scares are technically jump scares but they're it's like saying that fucking beating on a drum is music versus listening to Bach. You know, it's like so, it's like the same, it's the same idea, but it's like so much light years away from what everybody else is doing.
2: So here's my question for you, because I have my answer right now. But the question I'm going to ask all of you and I'll, I'll answer first real quick is, what was the moment where you guys literally thought like, holy shit, this is, this is going places that I didn't think it would go? Because for me, it's right in the beginning when he rips Georgie's arm off. I never anticipated yeah. that we would see that.
4: Can we say that the kid who plays Georgie is arguably the best actor in this film? He is phenomenal. It's tough to say because
2: everyone kills it. When we get
3: to the final scene where we're at, like Pennywise's nest, and Georgie is begging to come home with Bill, yeah. I, I didn't even, I never thought that you could get acting that high quality out of a child that young.
4: Yeah, but kid has to be.
1: He might he, be even nine. him in the cellar, They're though, awesome. too. Like, in the scene where he goes downstairs and breaks the yeah. poor Lego model, which we'll never be able to rebuild again. Um, <laughs> when he's down there and, like, his face turns all distorted and everything, that freaked me out so bad. And then where he's just in the water waiting, like, that that acting right there was amazing. And was- the end scene, definitely, I almost teared up because it was so sad.
4: Oh, yeah. And... Uh, uh, I'm gonna jump around real quick just because I have to say it. But Matt, you're absolutely right. This movie is a tearjerker too, and it's not because like I feel nostalgia for the source material. I do, but or like me being nostalgic for being a kid in the '80s. But it's like it is just so well acted and directed. I mean, they don't say a whole lot, but it's just directed. It's it's world class actors from a world class director. I will watch anything this guy does forever now because yeah. he is good.
2: Well, but- like there's that there's a moment. It's it's one of the few non-scary moments in the film, and it, it's one of the most heartwarming moments. And it, it, I can't even pinpoint the exact moment, but there's this point in the movie where you realize how important these friendships are to these kids, and it's before they even start talking about the clown but it's that realization that like Ben is feeling acceptance for the first time. And like Bev is feeling acceptance for the first time. And it's, it just get like that part hit me so hard because I think every person on this call, and I would even argue a large chunk of the people that listen to our show. A lot of us horror fans have felt like the loser club in one way or another. And that magic of finding people that can share that with you is irreplaceable. And seeing how these actors took a moment that's that special and made it like made me feel it in a shitty movie theater is (laughs) incredible.
4: Yeah. It's this movie. I just can't say enough good things about it, but I want to talk, uh, like I could not wait for us to get to the spoilers because I think hands down the best, uh, and and i think that a lot of people that are going to have problems with this movie and there are people already that like you know talking to me on facebook about their problems with the film or their problems with the source material i think that the biggest problem people are going to have is that it's not a direct um it's not a direct adaptation which i think works to its is its strongest suit Oh, its absolutely. strongest it's, it's 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 it needed to be that because I truly think that Stephen King can't write a filmable story because that's not he's not a visual storyteller. He tells the inside workings of people and that's what makes those stories compelling. But they did it in such a way that they condensed all the horror and all the scares, be it from Pennywise or from the uh the other kids around in town or from the grown-ups in town. It's all there and it's just it's, it's perfect, but I, and so I, I have nothing bad to say about this as an adaptation of a Stephen King book because this is his best adaptation ever. This is also, I have to agree with Adam, easily the best horror movie I've seen in a decade. It might be one of my top fives after I watched it a couple more times, ever. But I want to talk about that scene in the, the basement with Georgie. Because I think that that is the perfect encapsulation of why this movie is a perfect adaptation of Stephen King's It. Because in the miniseries, because let's just bring that in here. But in the miniseries, the the the, uh, the idea of Pennywise is that he's kind of omnipresent. He can be anywhere. He's almost like a ghost. But the thing is, is that Pennywise isn't a ghost. He's an extra-dimensional being that eats fear. And that is a really important distinction here. Because It can never be in two places at once. It can fuck with your head and make it seem like it's in more than one place, but it's only one distinct creature. It's a a shapeshifter. So when Georgie is talking to Bill in the basement, at the end of that scene when he screams, you'll float too, Pennywise, his, his head comes up from the water and he says a two, and then Georgie goes face first into the water because it's Pennywise's arm, and that is perfect because I'm almost positive that happens in the book.
3: Yeah, he was using uh, a, a sort of a representation of Georgie as a puppet. It was like he was using him as a hand puppet to, to speak to George or to speak to Billy. And then once he came up out of the water, you could see in the background just a little bit that his hand was reached up, like controlling that, that vision. Yeah, and was, that's so much
4: scarier. I loved it.
1: The one thing I also liked about that scene is that you also see that he's not the perfect villain, where he goes to run to chase him up the stairs but then falls that's not like it also gives him kind of like a flaw in yeah. this yeah. the that sense too. Also with the puppet as well, which scared the shit out of me when he comes running out of the water. Even though I already knew it was going to come, it still scared the shit out of me twice.
2: I would yeah. say the the slideshow probably got the biggest scare out of me when Oh
4: God, we- I actually jumped Out of my seat. Yeah, Yeah. when the
2: lights went out, and then there was just this gigantic, monstrous clown barking at them, I lost my fucking mind (laughs) yeah that's the
3: that's the main one that i'm thinking about when people are referring to like all these fucking jump scares it's like i think that's a lot of like that's probably one of the largest ones that they're thinking because the light sort of cut out you think it's over and then all of a sudden he's bigger than life filling the entire room scaring the shit out of them but that is totally what he would do that's him taking advantage of the space that he's in and and using that in the situation to to get the most possible fear out of them
2: no, a cat, a cat jumping across the screen is a fucking jump scare. When your main villain is attacking people, it's not a goddamn jump scare.
4: True, <laughs> but I, I still agree though that, the, or I mean, I, st- I still argue that Pennywise wasn't actually there because he didn't, he wasn't close. I mean, he, they were in the garage. There was no way for him to get up from the basement, so he was actually just projecting that, just to, to scare them
1: damn i didn't think about that that definitely makes a lot of sense
4: i don't think that it's not that he can't get he couldn't get to them but it's first of all it's daylight and second of all he's gone when the um when they opened the garage door and i he doesn't work that way he's not a ghost he's a finite size creature and there was nowhere for him to go so that really was just him messing with people because i don't think he actually touched anybody like he goes after Bev, but he didn't touch her.
1: Yeah, same thing with the leper too. But I mean, that's also at the house. But they no, that, that could have been. I've, I, oh, you're
4: right. That leper was not Pennywise because Pennywise was behind the house. Good catch,
2: dude. That leper was fantastic. That looked so also, fucking gross <laughs> and creepy. Yeah,
4: and when when um, is, is it Eddie the one that gets puked on at the end? And he's yeah. like, "I'm gonna
2: fucking kill you." Yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's so> <laughs> We've talked about a lot of characters in this movie, but I I have to say we've held butt back on it for a long enough time. The kid from Stranger Things playing Richie is Perfect. so fucking good. Like it shows the fact that Richie is such a different character than the character he played in Stranger Things just highlights to me how much of a future that kid has as as an actor because it's so good he's
3: so good he's the kid in all the pup videos too
2: i
4: was gonna say adam's about to talk about pup
2: yeah he's damn right
3: <laughs> but and, and um there there's the one line where they have the rock fight like the infamous rock fight from the books and he's across the bank and butch is on the ground and he just goes go home and suck your dad's dick <laughs> <laughs> Did
1: they talk about yeah. that scene too antisocial by anthrax which is so amazing yes!
4: Oh, I had to bring that up because the one, the chubbier kid, he's wearing um, a fucking Anthrax Among the Living shirt, and Among the Living is based on The Stand by Stephen King. That is such an awesome, awesome reference. I got so fucking excited. So do you want to know how
2: I experienced that scene? (laughs) Not hearing the song. So, So that... So that scene, I know that at least there was two musical montages. There was that scene and the bathroom cleaning, right?
3: Uh, three. There was there was three of them.
2: Okay, so all three of those scenes had no musical soundtrack to them. So the rock scene, all we hear is the sounds of like, ugh, it's like kids are throwing rocks. But more awkward was the bathroom cleaning scene where we just sat in a theater and listened to two minutes of squeaky windows being cleaned. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That sounds incredible. <laughs> Why was that <Best laughs> the <Thing> place in the worst version I
1: watched? That scene was so weird to me. I, like, have a bunch of notes over here, and it just says bathroom cleaning scene. What the fuck? And that's the only <laughs> note I have about that whole scene.
3: The person that I went and saw it with at the end of the movie, we both looked at each other and were like, you know, if nobody else sees that, then you could just leave bathroom <laughs> like that. Like, you don't even need to clean it. Like, who gives a shit?
4: How we know that Adam has lived with some slummy people. <laughs>
3: The the, other, the third montage where they're all not together. The third one where they're all split up is uh, Dear God by EXT.
2: Oh, shit. God, that's such a good song. <laughs> that so <laughs>
1: it's so good. Fuck. <laughs> like I'm so disappointed.
2: Uh, I definitely need to see this again. But this is like first day available on DVD getting at it to my DVD collection. Like not even a question in my mind how quickly I'm going to buy this. Oh, <laughs> so adding on to my theatrical experience when the movie ends and the words chapter one pops up the crowd was baffled (laughs) like which hinted (laughs) to me that no one knew anything about this movie or any of its previous versions because we were like chapter one like
4: (laughs) oh oh can we talk about the ending though um so the the um I love this because this is my pet theory and maybe I'm just being an asshole thinking that, that it's like a theory and not the truth, but um, my pet theory is that there's going to be time travel in chapter two, because they're going to like, when they, in the book, when when Billy fights Pennywise in like the, the, the gray world or whatever it's called, like that space between worlds where he actually lives, um, or it lives, um, they don't remember that until they're adults. And I think that what they're doing is, to not show exactly what happened at the end like they did in the book they break it into two movies and then when they're adults they come back to fight him and they fight him they fight it as adults but then they're also fighting it a second time as Kids, yeah, and so it'll be like parallel universes that are going to be converging and time travel and shit. I am super excited about that. I
2: definitely read that they might get the orgy. I've read that they've got a couple deleted scenes that they've already decided they're they're not going to release the deleted scenes on any DVD, but utilize them for flashbacks in the next movie. So you could be onto something.
1: I read that I read an article about that too, which is I'm pretty excited because it sounds like the deleted scenes are going to be like. Uh, I wish that we would have been able to see them in this movie, but I'm really excited. Hopefully that they have the budget to put them in the next one.
4: Oh, they'll have the budget. This is going to make so Dude, much fucking so cash.
2: I will, I think it's important that we talk about that real quick as well. The fact that this movie is breaking as many box office numbers. I don't think enough horror fans understand how important that is because it's kind of putting to rest the theory that R-rated horror films aren't financially sound choices. Um, And I'm hoping that...
3: This This movie is going to break $100 before the end of the weekend. Easy, 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 easy.
2: Yeah. And I just hope that people interpret that as we can make R-rated movies for uh, R-rated horror films again and not have to make them PG-13 as opposed to we just need to adapt more Stephen King books. Because there's a good chance that that will fucking kill that good uh, goodness uh, very quickly.
4: We don't need more Stephen King <laughs> like, books. I think that pretty much the cream of the crap has been done. I don't really need to see Christine.
1: This director, the same guy, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Andy Muschietti? I don't know. He's. Uh, I don't know if you guys read graphic novels or anything, but he's doing the live adaptation of Lock and Key, the H.P. Lovecraft. Oh,
2: Fuck yeah!
3: Oh, he's so perfect for that. So perfect for that. Nice.
2: Yeah, and that's Joe Hill, right? So that's Stephen King's son. Yeah, he's
3: all up in
4: that family. <laughs> <laughs> Aww,
1: all of
4: them. Also, you know, the unsung her- heroine of this film must be Janie Bryant, who I had to bring up because you know she. The only reason I know her name is because she was the costume designer for Mad Men, and we talk about Mad Men and John Hamm pretty consistently on this show so she did the the costuming for it and um she's also just a fantastic person from what i can tell from her instagram um but i i loved the the design of everything i think that um and i was talking so mario adam matt you guys know mario Mario. he was on the the uh movie marathon for our 100th uh episode um best friend from growing up he, and he brought his uh, 11-year-old daughter up, and the three of us went and watched it today. And um, on the way back to my house, we were talking about it, and I, it was, it, I was able to crystallize why I think this movie is so great. It's, it looks vintage enough— you know how, like, The Void was trying to be 80s pastiche and Beyond the Gates, Beyond the Gate was trying to be 80s pastiche? And a lot of these movies that are coming out that we like but have a problem with, you know, they're not perfect, are these 80s pastiche horror movies because the 80s was so unadulteratedly the perfect storm as far as horror entertainment goes. And that's why we basically built our entire show around it. I think that this movie is, for the first time, a a 2010s... You know, our decades uh, visual style of horror done to perfection. Like, it looks modern, but the costumes are perfect. I believed that was really in the 80s, but it didn't feel like it was forced. Um, But it had a lot of the modern sensibilities that, that mass appeal would require. So this movie will absolutely make a truckload of money because... People that don't love horror are going to see – or people that only tertiary like horror will see it, and they will uh, they will be able to take it in. It's not a niche-style movie at all, but it also doesn't – it's not a negative at all that it's a modern-looking film because they had a very competent costumer. They had a very competent cinematographer, and all their sound design is perfect. All of their um, like their post work is great. I mean, even a little bit of the shaky – it stuff or like Pennywise kind of being shaky a little bit is very modern, but I feel like it was done very well in such that it didn't bother me and it actually made sense that he would be fucking with your reality just to make you more fearful.
2: I agree. I, I think it, it, there's there's not much else I have to say about this. I feel like we've said as much as we can. If you still haven't seen the movie and you listen this far and you still have no interest in seeing the movie, then you're a fucking <laughs> idiot. Up? But. um is there anything else you guys want to say real quick? I think, you know, this is almost longer than a normal episode of the podcast at this rate. So, uh we... I want to thank Katie for coming on. Yeah, thank you That's for dealing with do. us.
1: Thank you for letting me be here. I do have one more thing to add that I had to look up to make sure I didn't sound like a creep. But <laughs> as horrible as that sounds, uh one of the like bully kids, uh Patrick, he was so attractive, and I had to look it up to make sure that I wasn't a fucking...
4: Is it the one who gets yes, yes. sewer? Yes.
1: It...
2: The one that looks like Nick Cage?
4: Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> and Adam Driver. Like, it's a mixture of both of them. And I had to look it yeah. up. He's 18, yep. so I'm not a creep. Uh, but <laughs> that is definitely a dude that I would date in high school with his Doc Martens and... It is just perfect. But I also kind of want to talk about the sheriff's son being a fucking complete psycho in the worst outfit I've ever seen Uh, in my life throughout the entire movie. (laughs) Well, the thing
4: about that is that in the miniseries, and I don't remember in the book because I, I have so many characters in the book, but in the miniseries, he... I believe, kills his dad and then gets institutionalized, but he's crazy enough that Pennywise can manipulate him, and he comes back, and he's like a dual prong threat to the adults. So anybody that's read the book can tell me I'm wrong, that that's not how it happens in the book, yeah. but... Um, that
2: I was kind of surprised that he died. Well, he gets in, pinned in, with a lot of the murders in, I think... That's right. ...in the miniseries and possibly the book, too. The
3: last point that I have to make is um, the, the character arc of Beverly herself. In the beginning of the movie... Anytime that her dad speaks, you can see that actress gets very tense, gets immediately stops moving and doing whatever she's doing, and and is very, very timid around him. And in the end of the movie, she's she's overcame that fear, and Pennywise attempts to to still sort of goad her with what he's been using, is the vision of her father. As a threat, and before he even gets a full sentence out to be like, "Are you still my little girl?" She just jams a rod right down his throat. <laughs> and I was like, she has the best character art of of anybody in in the movie, and uh, I thought that actress is great. I thought everybody did really one. good. Um, it's a high recommend from everybody here at Horror Movie Night and Katie. I don't I don't know that there's much else to say. Uh, people that produce this movie enjoy the hundreds of millions of dollars that you're about to
4: reap. You deserve every cent.
2: All right, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll be back. In a couple of days with an actual authentic
0: episode. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan.